2: This is Radio Wave Medianomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Albert Einstein said, those who know most are the most miserable. What did he mean by that? In other words, the more intellectual you get, the more complex you get, the more difficult it is for you to see simple truths, the simple things. It's amazing him who's so brilliant would say such a thing. He wasn't just saying about himself. When he said those who know most are the most miserable, he was speaking about his colleagues also. And this is the problem we have today in the world. Solutions given to us by politicians, by our shepherds, our bishops, all these formulas and complex ways to come up with our answers, And Our Lady comes giving us messages that are simple solutions, that are solutions, whereas the others are not. This is googly We have things deteriorating the world so fast and so rapidly that it's amazing, frightful and fearful. Yaakov was just told by Our Lady to tell us to not be in fear that we rather we live in fear, and it's true. All the immigrants across Europe coming in, no common sense. We say, oh, it's compassion. No, it's compassion on your people to protect them. New Year's Eve, a thousand or more West Africans assaulted women everywhere, especially in Cologne, Germany, and I won't go graphically into it. I've been told there's an audio of a woman being assaulted screaming. While bystanders just watched. And so you have these West Africans coming uncivilized, bringing their ways, and the Muslims, many of them, doing what they want to do. And the police hushed it up. The mayor's hushed it up. They're trying to quiet this down. Because I don't want people to have sentiments against these people. Why can't we just be honest? The solution is Christianity. That's what civilized the world. We hear a lot about indigenous people. We owe them apologies. Or they got to go back to the lands. We got to let the Indians here in America go back to the worship and the trees and all these things. This is not what Jesus taught. Jesus said, Witness to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, spread my principles. He conveyed this repeatedly. Our answer is Jesus Christ. The answer is this this plague in different peoples and cultures where they've gone savage, even in our inner cities in America, is Christ. Not some other kind of government program or welfare or anything else, but work ethics. Be held accountable. Work in the structure that was built but we're told to be guilty if we're from Europe or you're white, which excuses behavior for people to become natives. Can we just be honest openly? Can we just say what things are happening? And so you had these assaults on women, and God takes care of his children. He wants to do that. In fact, Jacob said, Little children, your hearts, this was Christmas Day, 2015. Little children, your hearts are closed and live in fear. Women are in fear. Men in Finland are running around in gangs. No, they're running around to protect the women from gangs of the immigrants. Germany, the same. People are furious of what Merkel's done, which is in league with darkness, And the social doctrines, which is socialism, that even the church puts out. I don't contradict the theology of what it is that we're supposed to be doing for compassion, but the methods of thinking we're doing good to a people by letting people come in without accepting or without requiring some civility, some screening, who they are, why they're coming, holding them accountable, to come to the cultures that they come to is ludicrous. And we've got this liberal, left-leaning, socialist idea that we just have to be open borders. Now, we're to protect your family. You've got a house, your family lives in it, to protect you not only from the wind and the storms and the rain and the heat and the cold, but from somebody robbing you or somebody just coming up, you just want to open a pavilion and say, okay, I'm going to live there in the living room and you can leave. In Mexico, they say, if the, and I've been told by there when I'm in Mexico, if you leave your bicycle in your front yard, then that means you can take it because you're not protecting it. it means you don't want it. We don't live that way. There is a protocol We've forgotten this. Our Lady says, Jesus is the light of common sense. We have no common sense. We don't understand which way we're to go. And so now we've got assaults on women in Europe and don't think it won't come here or any other place in the world. And of course in Europe, women dress horribly, very scantily. And so that does come as a result, the crimes that happen because of that. But Yaakov was told, Little children, your hearts are closed and live in fear, and do not permit Jesus to have his love and his peace overcome your hearts to begin to reign in your lives. To live without God means to live in darkness and never to come to know the Father's love and his care for each of you. You don't think God wants to care for these women in Europe or anywhere else this is happening? Of course he does. But why does it not happen? Because our lady said to live without God means to live in darkness and never come to know the Father's love and His care for each of you. He can't protect you when you reject Him repeatedly, both in your demeanor. what you expect. My wife and I was just in Germany less than a year ago. The way the women carry themselves in the dress is horrible. It's immodest. And these things... Rejecting God's modesty and what he says to do, the way you carry yourselves, invite darkness. Because when you walk in darkness, then you lose God's protection. Does God care for you? Yes, he wants to care for you. He wants to protect you. But if you reject him for years and years and years and years, just like Fatima said, there'll come fashions that will greatly offend God. Another part of the message, if man doesn't repent of his sin, a greater and larger war will come. What do you? How do you explain that theologically? There is a principle when the rejection of God comes to a point, that pivotal point, where he can no longer protect us, and he turns man over to man, turns him over to himself, in other words. Romans 1 says, and their hearts grow darker. So when Our Lady said, little children, your hearts are closed And live in fear. There are people in fear in Europe right now. There are a lot of people in the United States beginning to live in fear. And for good reason. But that's not God's way and he doesn't want that. Are closed and live in fear and do not permit Jesus to have his love and his peace overcome your hearts. Europe, us, everybody has to allow Jesus' love to overcome us. And then what will happen Then you'll come to know the Father's love and his care for each of you. That's the solution to the West Africans and any other peoples that think they can go back to the indigenous ways or ways of the culture they bring into the European area or in the United States. We shouldn't permit it. No, we don't accept us from your culture. It's a lower grade culture in the way you live civility. We can't say that. That's not politically correct. Or they may say that's racist. Let's just speak of the facts. I live in the South. I talked to a woman in her mid to late 90s in the 1970s. After the Civil War, she said she was a little girl. So 100 years before that would be 1870. So when she was six, seven years old, she said she remembered they were scared as white girls, white women of the black slaves who no longer had the structure and what the North did and the carpetbaggers broke down the structure. There was no infrastructure for hiring them, for working them, and suddenly they were free. And they were assaulted, she said. This is the first time a witness talking to me directly, not your history books, not anybody else, not anybody's opinion. She was a gentle woman, and she said, we were scared as white women. Because you had people roving around, doing things, assaulting women, and so this pushback came back, which brought back problems against blacks, and forced a situation that wasn't good in that, and eventually things worked their way out. Infrastructure came, wages came, and things worked out. Why can't we just say truth? Why can't we say there was a problem among blacks against white women? And then we got a problem in Europe. And yes, maybe the sin of slavery brought that back then, but now the sin of minus brings it now. We can't look at truth anymore because truth cuts like a knife, and nobody wants to hear it. They want to blame them. oh, I was brought over here as a slave. I tell you, we had Aunt Maybelle; she weighed two hundred plus pounds, and those little white kids in our house, and we wasn't rich. A hey, Mabel you did something and crossed her. Our parents, white people, expected ain't hey, Maybelle, black woman, make them say colored to slap our face and knock us down. We had to submit to her, those little white kids, because she was like the nanny. She ruled the house when she was there working during the day. And we had culture and we had love between each other. Then we don't have that now. We have a fragmentation taking place. I just read something about Save the Queen, the National Anthem for Britain. Now that doesn't, God save the Queen, whether they want in Parliament to bring up a law to stop it, because now Britain doesn't include Ireland, and it doesn't include Scotland, and so they have their own things they want to say. The fragmentation is coming and splitting and dividing people, but you know what? That's what I was here for. Jesus says, you think I've come for man's peace? No, I'm coming with the sword. I'm dividing. My my peace divides. Father against son. Son against father. Mother against daughter. Daughter against mother. There's seven examples of division he gives because when you start converting, you want to separate and you want to walk toward holiness There's going to be people around you and live in the ways that's not godly or mediocre Christianity that you have to separate from. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean we don't have friends in the 60s and 50s that were black, that were in our house, and still do to this day, some very loyal to our mission that we love. But we don't see the difference of, oh, we're black, you're white. But there is a difference in letting cultures bring in native and savage behavior of where they came from. And so Christianity changed things in the South, and across our nation, and across the world. Christopher Columbus's diary shows that. There are savages, the way people lived. Christianity changed it. There's no apologies offered for that. We lift people up that way. But you can't even say what I'm saying. You can't be open about it because you can't give truth. And so we have Muslims running around, want to gain eternity, And they believe in God, they worship Allah, they pray five times a day, and when they become really followers of Allah and what they perceive in Islam, they're willing to give their life for that. You think a suicide bomber is going there and dying because he thinks he's going to just die without a reason? He believes and even the women that's doing it now, they believe that they're going to m- immediately be in eternity with Allah and get all kind of gifts for the heroic act they did by destroying infidels. Every one of them is doing that, believes in their purpose, with a heartfelt purpose, with the heart that they carry out the actions. It's just not philosophy for them. They believe it, but they believe wrong because they're missing something. They think they gain eternity. And they're living God's law better than we apply ourselves to our law. But you know what law we have and what law they have? The Muslims have the Ten Commandments, and we have the Ten Commandments. They live them differently, and we don't even accept them many times now in the church. But if we lived them correctly, we know it's based in love. The first two commandments is love thy God with all your heart. Love thy neighbor. Don't use God's name in vain. The Commandments are based in love, all message all the commandments and all laws of God are based in love, but for the Muslim, and I'm not saying all Muslims because we have friends that are Muslims, we know of Muslims, but the ones who radically live what they believe is their duty to Allah to make him happy to do what they do. Our lady gave a message October second two thousand and six, and she says. I am coming to you in this, your time. What's happening right now in Europe? What's happening here in America? What's happening in the world? Our lady says, don't you see? Look around you. Don't you see which way the world's going? Don't you see the direction? So our lady says, here's something interesting. I'm coming to you in this, your time. Because we're in a unique time. She said in the 90s. You're in a particular time. So this is unique. Different than anything throughout history, and Muslims have risen up throughout history since Islam started with Mohammed, and the fruit of it is often bloodshed and spilling blood, because God uses them as the over us, just like with the Syrians over Israel to punish them for the sins. We're in sin. This is why this is happening. But I says, I'm coming to you in this your time to direct. The call to eternity. Why? Because we have people out there believing the direction. Not. It's not that they don't believe in God. They believe the direction to eternity is a different way. Go kill people. Go kill the infidels. So, is our lady speaking here? Of yes, we can apply this message, but she wants to direct the correct call to eternity to you, she says. I'm coming to you in this your time to direct the call to eternity to you. So what is a call? What is the direction? This call is of love. See, there's a difference between us doing our God and loving our God who we see as a father, who Christ is a, a brother, which the Muslims see is you're blaspheming God, saying he's the father, he's your daddy, he's Abba. You can't do that. God's so far off, he's so great, he's so omnipotent, Says so you cannot touch him in an intimate way. And Christ, to say he's your brother, God is your brother, we're dogs, we're the only to worship God, Allah, in a way that he's way off in a distance, in a way that doesn't have this family type, because his greatness compared to ours as dogs is nothing. That's why you, as a Christian, are infidel. That's why I'm an infidel. Because we say, God our Father, Abba, Christ our brother, the Holy Spirit our friend, the Spirit of God dwells in us. So they don't have this love in their work and their desire to go to eternity, they have hate that they hate the infidels and the kill, which blocks them from coming to know the right way. Our lady goes on and says something incredible, addressing Muslims. And yes it applies to us. Yes it applies to non believers, but this is specifically applied to their mentalities. Direct you to the call of eternity. This is the call of love. I call you to love because only through love will you come to know the love of God. You have to have love to live God's law and understand what the call is to eternity. And when you do it out of duty, when you see he's not the father, when you see Christ is not the brother, you'll do what Elise says right here. She says, many think they have faith in God. Muslims fight for you that. We believe in God more than Christians. And here it is, Allah says, Many think they have faith in God and that they know His laws. The Muslims have 10 commandments. They believe they know that in a way that we don't. But what they don't know is what Allah is about to say. They try to live according to them. Muslims are doing that, they're sincere in this. They try to live according to them, but they do not do. What is the most important wow they're blind they blind themselves because they don't know how to approach God in the right way, and therefore they think they're going to eternity they want to go to eternity they think they have faith in God they think they know his laws Our Lady says have faith in God and that they know his laws they try to live according to them but they do not do what is most important they do not love him. There's an action of worship, adoration, and duty. Our lady goes on and says, only through the love of God is eternity gain. And this is our message to the Muslims. God is a God of love. This is where we have to go. And they come thinking, okay, we can make a bunch of people pregnant. That's part of what they do. A lot of these people, not just Muslims, are going through their, the refugees who's entered it, not all of them. But we have to have some common sense of what's happening. And this scourge, and this scourge that's taking place, is a result of our sin. It is to correct us. It is for us to reflect and think about what our sin is. Because we're not convicting people. They wouldn't do it in past times because they knew we were insincere in loving our God and living God's commandments. And so what do we inherit? We inherit a Europe that's fallen to pieces. We inherit a world that no matter how far we are isolated between two oceans, the Pacific and the Atlantic, a natural barrier of protection, that we lose protection. To know the Father's love and His care for each one of you. That's what God wants. That's what our lady wants. And so we have an economy crashing. The one thing that's happening that would change our whole way of life. One thing that would correct the world. We know our lady's got prayers through Mariana and Visca. There's going to send some kind of wave of conversion in the hearts of Muslims and people that don't live where they're supposed to, how they're supposed to live. That will make them come to know the love of God or give them the opportunity to do that. But you're going to be the one that teaches them. You're the apostle that presents this. And if you're sitting there being politically correct, well, I can't call it the shots. I can't say this is wrong. I can't say these people are living like savages in downtown Chicago killing each other. Why not? It's not a color thing. It's an animal behavior. Don't bring stuff from Africa here thinking that you're an African-American. Blacks themselves need to stand apart of this and condemn it. Christianization of peoples, of all people and all color, is important today. Don't shy away from it. I don't care what people say, I think. I believe Christ is the answer, no matter who you are. And then we all become light and everything becomes sane. This is our answer. But all these things I'm saying it calculates down to our economy. It comes down to what's happening in the world of economics because that touches everybody. And as we said many times, Satan's rule will be through money. All evil comes through the love of money. Everything is about that. The robbing, the thieving, everything. And so it is. We see we're in a deterioration of economics.
3: The name of this article is Sell Everything, 2016, a Cataclasmic Year, warns RBS. If you have any money left after seven years of the Obama administration spending spree, which has added in the range of $9 trillion to the U.S. public debt, you might want to hang on tight because the forecasts are not looking rosy. The Royal Bank of Scotland is warning that 2016 will be a cataclysmic year, and investors should take immediate action. Do not wait. Do not pass go, the bank warns. Sell everything except high-quality bonds, Andrew Roberts told the news agency. We think investors should be afraid. He pointed to the red flags for his bank. Falling oil prices an unstable China, shrinking world trade, rising debt, weak corporate loans, and defamation. In fact, in the American stock market alone, $1 trillion has vanished already in the first few days of January. To put that stunning figure into context, wrote Matt Egan of CNN Money, It's like wiping out the combined value of the following tech giants. Google, worth $508 billion. Facebook, $281 billion. Intel, $154 billion. Netflix, $50 billion. And Yahoo, $29 billion. He continued, No wonder there's lots of signs of rising fear on Wall Street. CNN Money's Fear and Greed Index is now flashing extreme fear, a dramatic reversal from neutral just two weeks ago. Roberts of the Scottish Bank said the world is in a global recession and this terrible cocktail means investors may hope to obtain a return of capital, not return on capital. Just getting their investments back, the report suggested. RBS compares the market mood with that of 2008 before the collapse of Lehman Brothers and the start of the global financial crisis, the report said. The report pointed out that back in 2008, at least there was China to stimulate the world's economy, but that's not available now. RBS warns that without allowing a massive devaluation of its currency, around 20%, China can be of no help. The report said that China's bank spent $500 billion to prop up its currency just last year. That's the same path that the U.S. took with its QE, quantitative easing programs, courses that even one former Fed banking executive said went too far. Former Dallas Fed chief Richard Fisher, explains the hundreds of billions of dollars in U.S. currency that the Federal Reserve issued over the Obama administration tenure. What the Fed did, and I was a part of it, was front-loaded an enormous market rally in order to create a wealth effect, and an uncomfortable digestive period is now likely, he said. In short, the Fed is a giant weapon— that has no ammunition left, he said. America's markets have fallen, sometimes by a full percentage point or more, just about every day this year. That's hardly a vote of confidence in the future. A New York Times best-selling book called The Mystery of the Shemitah by Jonathan Kahn has documented with uncanny precision and overwhelming data how the biblical Sabbath year correlated with economic cycles, political upheaval, and the fall of empires throughout history. Having suffered record setbacks in the two previous seven-year Shemitah years, 2008 and 2001, economists and traders were murmuring about what might happen in the fall. But September 13th, The day the Shemitah year ended, without obvious economic cataclysm, there were sighs of relief among market watchers. As 2015 ended, however, analysis can now see the forest for the trees. The year was the worst for the market since 2008, a year of economic disaster for America and much of the industrialized world. Nearly 70% of the investors lost money. U.S. markets finished 2015 in the red. It was the worst year since markets collapsed in 2008. China's economy slowed, oil prices fell, and the Greek debt crisis continued. And that was all before the plunge of hundreds of points daily to open 2016. One report says 2015 was the worst financial system for funds in 78 years, meaning the Great Depression. Larry McDonald, head of U.S. MicroStrategy, said, It has been an absolute meat grinder of a year. Hall of Fame legends Warren Buffett, David Enhorn, Carlos Slim, those are my favorite investors of all times, And they all had bad years. In other words, this Shemitah was the worst year in seven years. Since the last Shemitah, Khan said. Khan, who was widely criticized by people claiming he had made predictions of economic collapse in 2015 when he hadn't. In his book and in every interview he gave throughout the year, he made a point of saying that nothing might happen. God can't be put in a box, the rabbi said repeatedly. He wrote the book for the express purpose of bringing people back to God. The phenomenon may manifest in one cycle and not in another and then again in the next, he wrote, and the focus for the message is not date-setting, but the call of God to repentance and return. At the same time, something of significance could take place, and it is wise to note the times." Ancient Israel was instructed in the Bible to sow the land and reap its produce for six consecutive years. Then, on the seventh year, they're commanded to let the land lie fallow. His book documents what appears to be a striking connection between financial downturns in the United States following the end of the Shemitah year.
2: And so we have everything and every sign possible to show the results that God is not going to be caring for our system because it's in darkness. How long can God tolerate our way of life? To live without God means to live in darkness and never come to know the Father's love and His care for each of you. It's available. He wants to give it, and we rejected it because we got our system. You had great investors, Burfitt, You had great companies of magnitudes of wealth. Amazon, Facebook, all these have lost great amounts of money. Oh, they're still rich. Slim, Carlos Slim's in Mexico, the richest man in the world. He's Catholic. He's still rich, but he lost enormous amounts of money. 70% of investors lost money. What does it happen at the bottom of the totem pole like we are, like normal people are? even people who've got some means compared to these great wealth people who are losing. Which way is the wind blowing? Which way is the ship sailing? Not to a good thing. And it's all tied to moral reasons and moral purposes and the rejection of God. And so we're under judgment. There's no way of escaping it. We're under a great separation. And we have to make decisions today, not just spiritually, Primarily spiritually, and then physically. If you're going to make decisions spiritually, you're going to change the direction of your life, you're going to grow more toward holiness, then you'll make your surroundings, and what you do physically will change. Frank?
0: Yeah, so we are very blessed as Christians to understand that our God wants to be intimate with us, and that our God will not do anything without first notifying His people. So we know where we are today, and God tells us what this system, that, I, that this experiment of operating outside of natural law, this global fiat money experiment, where it's going to take us. So today, particularly in America, our dollar purchases more goods than it ever has before in terms of corn and wheat and oil. They're all trading below the cost of production. So life as we know it couldn't possibly be any better because we're able to purchase more goods for our dollar than we ever have in history. But the book of Revelations tells us why when it speaks of this global fiat money experiment. It says a rider on a dark horse had a set of scales. In the article that Ruth read, it said that they were controlling the markets to create a wealth effect. How greater can a wealth effect get than your dollar purchasing actually more than it naturally costs to produce these things? This is the wealth effect. We're as wealthy as we could ever be. But Revelations goes on to tell us that because of this experiment, a day's wage for a quarter of wheat, a day's wage for three quarts of barley. So we're going to go from where we are today to a day's wage to eat. And that is going to be the result of this experiment. So, what do we do? Revelations also tells us that a day's wage is a denarius, the smallest measure of silver. And so, basically, from where silver is today to a day's wage, what it always has been, or Revelations is telling us, or our intimate God is telling us, that silver is a day's wage. That's its value. That's always been its value, so what it's trading for in terms of manipulated dollars and manipulated markets is not relevant. And so we know what is going to happen because it's prophesied, and the, the, we don't know when, and we can say these things have worked, and, and, and you know, we don't know how long they are going to continue working, but the answer to when is, is Revelation also tells us, in one hour their wealth will be brought to nothing. These things can change very rapidly when the demand for goods goes up, the demand for dollars goes down, and you give everything you have in order to eat, because these are things we need. Stocks and even bonds, what he recommended, are not something we need. Even dollars are not something we need, because there can be another very rapidly exchange. It can change very fast as uh, the result of a calamity.
2: And that, that, and that will happen. In other words, what you're, the point you're making is, I want to clarify that, is that what's the most cheapest thing you have right now? The most plentiful things in your household are available. You go to any place where there's a sink, you turn water on. This is really, even in places in California where, where water is expensive, is cheap. The price of water is cheap. The price of paper products is cheap. You use paper towels, napkins, toilet paper, everything you use in the house. These things are cheap because they're in the greatest need and produce in such volume that the dynamics of worth make some insignificance in our daily lives as far as having to go buy a car or a major expense in repairing the house. The things you use most commonly and are the things you need the most and catastrophically, will it be, overnight will become the most valuable. When when you have six places in New York City bringing in six to eight-foot tunnels water by the billions of gallons a day, and an economic collapse happens, and you live on Long Island, you work for the water company, and you've got problems at your place, both in anarchy and trying to... Find your food or what you're going to do. You're going to go into work. Now the water system is going to break down. What's going to happen to 12 million people, metropolitan area living in New York or more? 12 million people in three days. It's going to be bloodshed. It's going to be bad. Well, I they going to do something for that? We don't know. But one thing we know, we can read which way the wind's blowing. The thunderclouds coming to us at this moment. That's a reality, a great possibility, a great potential. And this divine intervention of God's mercy puts something in our hearts and we all convert and we do what none of you did. Please don't do this to God. And we go into fasting and praying. In fact, that's what our lady told when she was telling about the most important thing is to love him. Speaking about those who think they live God's law according to what they know, but not what he's, they're supposed to be doing. Our lady says, they do not love him. My children pray and fast. This is the way. Which will help you open yourselves to the loves. So praying and fasting and doing what Nineveh did, open their hearts to God's love and his mercy. And so we are here to convert the world. Our lady is here to do that. She wants to stop that. She don't want us to go through these trials. But we already see these things happening. And they're just gonna become greater. If man doesn't repent from his sins, pray and fast and convert. A larger and greater war will break out. There's gonna be larger and greater a sauce that's going to happen. So conversion there is everything, and what you think is nothing. You just think about water and where you are, and if that's no longer available, what are you going to do? Just that one thing. Frank, you want to give your contact information?
0: Yeah, you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at global silver investors at yahoo.com and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com.
2: Why would they want to call you?
0: Well, what I would say Scripture is telling us is, over and over again, the day's wage is equated to a denarius. For the tenth of an ounce of silver, which is roughly the best case scenario for a denarius, to be a day's wage, it'd have to go up a 100 times. So scripture is telling us that silver is worth a hundred times what we're buying it for. Today. And we also, today, we also know there's a natural reason for that. We know that a hundred times as much silver as existed is sold. This is what we're talking about of controlling the markets for a wealth effect. This has to be kept down. And so.
2: Why does it have to be kept down?
0: It has to be kept down because we're, we're talking about a tiny, tiny, tiny market. So it can fluctuate in dollars in big ways up and down. But when this, if this were in a natural uh, market, according to supply and demand, it's going to go up so fast and so high that people are going to panic. And what inevitably is going to happen, what revelations is going to tell us is going to happen is we're going to dump dollars for goods. And this is, this is where the correction comes or the crash comes like no other, because we've, we've abandoned natural law like no other time. And so, the answer to when should we do this is now, because it'll happen. In, in one hour, your wealth was brought to nothing, and also Jesus says, when I come, I want to find you busy about my work. Jesus' work is conversion. Our Lady came for conversion. The Miraculous Medal was told that we can spread the devotion of carrying the Miraculous Medal and save more souls. That's what we're about as Christians. Now is the time to do it. Sell everything, as this article said, and do not buy bonds. Bonds are in the same boat of all these other things we do not necessarily need to survive. We need food, and we need oil, we need fuel. And silver is the money of the Bible, it's the money of God, and America's metal is for conversion, and this is what we should do today, and that's why you should call us.
2: What glorifies God remains. What doesn't will not. The Moroccus Medal does that. That was the purpose of designing this round, that what you do hold in your funds is that it will bring conversion to others. This article was read said, do not wait, do not pass go. And the bank's warning is, sell everything. And so, as far as your investments and stuff, of course, the higher level, the higher place to be, is having your ground that you grow your food and get it from your ground to your mouth and get there as quick as possible. And so if you do have questions, call Frank. Is there any last words you have, Frank? We're over time.
0: Yeah, these are the most important things, and that's what what we do, is help you get into these physical things when the dollar is purchasing more than it ever has before in terms of goods and and that this period of time is ending.
2: So, we approach every Medianomic show in a deteriorated position, but we have to realize we're in a great separation moment. A separation moment that we have a pre-play, a preview of the final judgment. When Christ comes back, when he separates the sheep from the goats, in this separation... Our Lady is here to tell us to decide. Do you want to be cared for by a loving Father, God, your Father? Or do you want to dwell in darkness and lose protection? We're at that moment and it's a unique moment and it's our Lady's that says, I am coming to you in this your time. Why? To direct the call to eternity. You live in a speck, a moment of life compared to eternity but that speck of moment in your existence that tiny tiny time frame determines your whole eternity and all of it is not later it's here on this life so she's directing this moment of yours in this your time to the path to have eternity Wish you a lady, we love you, goodbye.
3: This ends the Medianomics show with a
2: friend of Megagoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.